this moment reminds me of a show that I just got introduced to. There was a woman walking through the city who just got freed from demons. And Nicodemus comes up to her and says, there's something, what, what happened to you? I saw you before when you were bound. I saw you before when you were destroyed. I saw you before when you had no hope. And she goes, I don't even know his name, but I can tell you this. I was one way before I met him, but I'm so different now that after I've met him. Now, some of you be able to say, I can't say it like you, Pastor Chris, but I'm going to tell you, it doesn't have to be that eloquent. It can just be, before I met Jesus, I was one way. But when I encountered the Savior of the universe, I'm just different. I can't explain it. I don't know how to write it down. I don't know how to make it look. I'm just different. I look different. I sound different. I was dead and now I'm alive. I was lost and now I'm free. I was bound, but now I'm not. See, something happens when you meet this Jesus. And oh, what it is to praise Him. Y'all give the Lord one more honk and hand clap right now. Jesus, Jesus. Mm. Woo. Let me get up on my new pedestal. Top of my truck may be dented, but I'm going to preach up here today. I know it may look funny with a, a, a towel over it, but I'm hoping it cuts down on the wind. Is the wind kind of cut down on the mic? Does it sound okay? All right. Give me a honk if this is your first ever drive-in service. You haven't been with us before. This is your first one. Where are my OGs at? The ones that have been here since the beginning. Where are y'all at? Where are y'all at? I can tell you this. I bet this is your first ever Easter drive-in service. Anybody ever done an Easter drive-in service before? Oh, hey, this is something new. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is always one of the most challenging sermons that you can preach. You know why? Because you've heard it before. You've heard it. I've heard it a thousand different ways from Sunday. Come on, mama. I've heard this before. Before. You, you've been to Easter dramas, Easter plays. Okay. You, you, you've seen Passion of the Christ. Maybe you saw it in the movie theater. You've seen this story a thousand different times, right? And yesterday I, I was talking on live and I said, I can remember not that long ago I was picking up my son from the airport. And I was sitting in a coffee shop outside the airport waiting to go in for their plane to come in. And I'm sitting drinking my coffee and a huge plane flies right over. And I was just in amazement. You know, I've seen planes before, but there's something about watching that big old hunk of metal fly right over you that just amazes you. And I'm like man taking pictures and i look over and the guy goes huh and i was like do you do you see this and he's like yeah it's just a plane and i was like man i would love to see this plane from someone that had never seen a plane before can you imagine them tripping just sitting there going chris chris don't move look i mean imagine imagine if you had somebody that never heard the story of jesus ever before sitting in your car with you how excited would you be to hear this story? And I think that what, what can happen is that we get so used to this. Some of you may have heard four years ago, but God again before. But Hollerhorn, if you can quote John 3.16,
Honk your horn if you could quote John 3.16 as a little kid. There's people that are probably watching live that could quote John 3.16 that don't even believe in Jesus and that don't even go to church that probably could quote you John 3.16. Let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And you know what can happen is we can take such a powerful scripture and make it ordinary. So we're going to break it down for you today. We're going to take it apart and see what the scripture actually says today. We're going to go through a scripture that we're used to, that we're comfortable with, that we've heard a thousand times before, and we're going to break it down today. Are you ready for me? Are, are you ready for that? Give me a honk. Give me an amen. Let's start out. For God. Stop. Do you realize what I just said? Do you realize it didn't say for Muhammad? Do you realize it didn't say for the U.S. government? Did it realize it didn't say for your biggest superhero? Do you realize it didn't say for your biggest enemy? It said for God. So we already know at the beginning of this scripture, there's authority that is behind it, right? Do you ever get in trouble and your mom looks at you and says, wait till your dad comes home? You ever knew you were supposed to clean and cook and mama starts pulling up in the driveway and you start cleaning and cooking real quick? Just the sound of mama starts making your quiver and your shivers. Anybody ever knew if you didn't cry big enough for your mom spanking you, she would tell your dad and he would spank you when he got home? Yeah, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And you've got to understand that what we're talking about. But it, here's the issue. There's people watching on right now that says, okay, for God, but which God? Chris, isn't there a bunch of different gods? There's just a bunch of different pathways. As long as you make it on top of the mountain. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the God that says, before me there were no gods, and after me there are none. I am the God. I am only. I have never been created. I was before your imagination. I'm the one that spoke the earth into existence. I'm the one that created oxygen. I'm the one that imagined gravity. I'm the one that put the earth exactly where it is. I'm not made out of wood. I'm not made out of stone. I'm not made out of gold. He is. God. He is the God that there are four living creatures around the throne worshiping him at all times saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I'm talking about that God this morning. I'm talking about the God that knew you in the womb before he formed you outside. He formed you and knew you. He knew your innermost parts. I'm talking about the God that knows how many hairs are on your head. And for me, that's very easy. I'm talking about the God that knows you, that created you. So we have to have an understanding. We're not starting with Pastor Chris. We're saying for God. We're not starting with Pastor Lane. We're saying for God. Is live stream messing up? We're good. So let's sit there. We're on pins and needles. All right, for God. What does the next section say? So loved. Did it say loved or did it say so loved? Did it say loved or did it say so loved? I don't know about you. I don't want to just be loved. I want to be so loved. I don't want my wife to just love me. I want her to so loved me. Anybody out here, you're, you're so loved. You're not just loved, you're, you're so loved. But that doesn't make sense because I was told that God is just a big old bully waiting around the corner with a baseball bat ready to beat up everybody. 
But it says, for God so loved. All right, we're good here. A lot of people don't have issues here. And, 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 and if I'm a guessing man, I'm a betting man, I'm like, all right. For God, if you had to make me guess, for God so loved the church. For God so loved Pastor Chris and pastors only. For God so loved good Christians. For God so loved perfect people. Is that what your Bible says? It says, for God so loved the world. That doesn't make sense to me. Do you know why? Because I turn on the news and I see the destruction that's going on in our world. I see human trafficking. I see abuse. I see alcoholism. I see abusive husbands. I see adulterous wives. I see addicts and alcoholics and drug abusers and child abusers. And I see rough people and I say, that can't be. How could you love them? How could you love them? I would understand if you said, for God's sake, a perfect person. Are you a good Christian? But he said, for God so loved the world. He didn't say God so loved the righteous. And some of you might sit there and go, but Pastor Chris, you don't know who I am. And I would say, you haven't read your Bible. Because when I read about the prophet Hosea, God tells a prophet. Now, let me ask you something real fast. A prophet that's supposed to stand before God. Now, you know my wife. I got a hot wife. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. But can I tell you something real fast? When I find this wife, it finds a good thing. And God gave me an amazing wife. But do you know what he told Hosea? I want you to go to the prostitute Gomer. Wait, hold on, God. I'm, I, I'm a prophet. Man, you, you got to get me a nice dime piece. You need to get me a fine woman. You need to get me a woman that knows how to preach. You need to get me a woman that knows how to pray. He says, no, go marry the prostitute. Go to the book of Hosea chapter 1 and see. Hosea chapter 1, it says, Hosea, go marry a prostitute. And not only, Hosea, are you going to marry that prostitute, now, some of you say, but Pastor Chris, it says God so loved the world. Yeah, because Hosea was already showing what the love of Jesus was going to look like when you had to look at a prostitute, a woman that was known to be used by many people. And he says, go take her. But then guess what happens in chapter 3? She's in slavery and still in her prostitution. Can you imagine marrying a prostitute? And then all of a sudden she goes back to her old ways and now... Guess what Hosea has to do? He has to buy her back. Can you imagine buying back what's already yours? Can you imagine what you already own as a wife? Can you imagine looking at slavery blocks, looking at your wife who's a prostitute, and everybody else sees her as a piece of meat, and you say, that's mine, and I'll pay. It's my wife. And they say, Hosea, come on now. Listen, bro. We get it. You tried. You tried to turn a prostitute into a housewife. And it didn't work. Hang it up, brother. No one would blame you, Hosea. 
No one's going to blame you, Hosea. We get it. She's a prostitute. Not only does she, not only did she go out, you got to buy her back. You got to pay for your prostitute wife. And Hosea pays the price for a prostitute wife. And then I begin to look at us. And how many times have we sold ourselves to entertainment? How many times have we sold ourselves to, to, to pleasure? How many times have we sold How many times have we sold to the next girl or guy? How many times have we sold ourselves to the next Snapchat to someone that we don't even see themselves? And Jesus is sitting there looking at us at the auction block and says, I want to pay for him. And they say, don't you know who they are? And he says, yes, that's my bride. You mean the prostitute? That's my bride. You mean the whore? That's my bride. So I'm here telling you, don't come to me with all the things and try to compare your sin because Jesus says, for God so loved the world. We have a world full of gomers that don't know there's a Hosea that's willing to buy for them. For God, let's keep reading. For God so loved the world okay so that's good he loves us but what's the next part that he gave see i can tell somebody i love somebody but it's different when i give something to them it's different when i say i love somebody it's different when i give something to them and i'm like okay i get it God so loved the world, you know, we love, we, we love, you know, oh, we get to go bless homeless people. We love homeless people. So I'm going to go to the dollar store and get them a water and go to McDonald's and get them a dollar cheeseburger because I love them. But I don't want it to cost me too much. See, this is the part that doesn't make sense to me. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've got two sons and I ain't giving them to you. Let me be extremely clear. I love you, but you ain't touching my son. Levi, Rebecca, that precious new baby. I'm pretty sure you love everybody in this parking lot, but you ain't giving up that baby for nobody. Levi said, no, sir, no, sir. You ain't having it. And God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His most precious possession, namely himself, he gave for you. There was a story that blew my mind. And it was, a, it was an illustration of what Jesus did. And it says a judge was sitting on his pedestal reading out all of the, the cases against a man. And he couldn't pay it. And the judge says, come here. And he takes his robe off and he takes his judge robe off and he puts it on the boy and he says, sit here. I'm going to die for your place. Let me tell you, Jesus paid a price bigger than you could ever pay back and your good works can't do it. I don't care if your mama was a church organist and your grandpa was a deacon. I don't care if your butt smells like a church pew. I don't care if you were born under it. 
None of that makes you good. None of that makes you righteous. I don't care how smart you are and how much you know. You can be a genius, but yet Nicodemus, who is a very... ...goes to Jesus and says, everything I know falls short to who you are. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Okay. Alright, so he loved the world. But, alright. Now this is where the qualifications would come. Well, where only good, good standing, good, good credit, not behind on your bills that tip well, that, 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 that are good people. Okay, he's going to give it to them, right? You don't catch your, your, your pearls before a swine. We just gave some of our dogs away, and I was hypercritical of who was about to get my dogs because I would easily say, sorry, you ain't going to work. And I look at this, and it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever stop. Whosoever, that sense does not make sense. That whosoever, that means I don't care if you still smell like weed from the party from last night. I don't care if you were just sleeping around on your wife last week. I don't care if you still have an issue with gambling or you have an issue with forgetting your family to have a paycheck. I don't care what you come from. Whosoever. That does not give a space in the middle. It doesn't matter if you're part of 144,000 or if some people believe you're this race and that race or this background or that background. It says, whosoever. That means you. Oh, but Pastor Chris, you don't even know I'm in the parking lot right now, but I used to go to this church. I get that whosoever, but not me anymore because, man, I used to go here and I followed Christ, but I've been living my own life. I think I wore out that whosoever. I've already asked forgiveness too many times. I've been there, gone there back. Pastor Chris, you wouldn't even recognize me. Pastor Chris, you wouldn't even know me if you saw me. You know what's funny? Somebody might be listening to Angel Lane right now, listening on Angel Lane to exactly what I'm preaching. And you say, Pastor Chris, I hear your voice from my backyard right now, but you don't know me. But the Bible says, whosoever, that means you and your worst enemy. That means you and your best friend. That means you and your ex-wife. That means you and your baby daddy. That means you and your enemy. Whosoever does everything perfect. Goes to church perfectly. Pays perfect tithes. Buys food for orphans. Does your Bible say that? Henry, does yours say all those things? Whosoever believeth in him. Whosoever believeth in him. Let me be very clear. There is no other way to heaven but Jesus Christ. And you know what? Most of you in the parking lot might get that. But maybe there's some people 
that are watching online right now that you say, yeah, but there's a lot of ways. Let me tell you, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one goes to the Father except through Him and by Him. It's not to where I've got to go through three levels of practice to earn my way up again. It's that only through Jesus Christ, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish. That means perishing is an option. If anybody ever told you hell did not exist, it's because they did not read their Bible. Hell is a very real place. Hell was not made for you, but heaven was made for you. But it is your choice if you want to go there. Heaven was not created for you, and it was created horrible. And the description of hell in the Bible, it'll make you quiver. But, it, but here's the thing. You shall not perish. That means I can't make you go to hell and I can't make you go to heaven. But you sure can choose yourself. And that breaks my heart. Because some people listening think I've got time. Do you know how many people that have been wrecked on this road right now that thought they were going to make it to their destination? Pastor Lane Dietz, how many years ago was it, Pamela? 20, 20 years ago was right there in that middle spot ready to pull in and somebody didn't see him and Pastor Lane almost lost his life. Don't tell me you can, but you have promised tomorrow. Don't tell me. It says no man knows tomorrow. No man has promised tomorrow. You don't. I don't care if you're already dreaming of your first chance to just go and lay on the floor of El Ranchito because you can't again. You're not promised to go there. Caught myself. You're not promised. I've got dreams as a pastor, but I'm not promised to see those. And if anybody told you they have a promise for tomorrow, they're lying. You have beautiful cars. None of them matter according to eternity. You're wearing beautiful clothes. None of them matter according to eternity. Oh, your bank accounts. I bet some of y'all might even have a black card in there that feels like metal. Guess what? Useless before the throne of God. Useless. And can I say this again? I gotta say it a thousand times. It's not a new life thing. I don't care where you come from church. I don't care what denomination you have. I don't care whether your church has seats or pews. If you don't have Jesus, you're missing it. And that's the only way. So it doesn't matter. It's not a new life thing. It's not a building or not building thing. It's not an American thing. It's a Jesus thing. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now some of you today go, that sounds good, Pastor Chris. But I don't think you know how heavy it is on me right now. If you could just sit in the car, you would feel the tension between me and my wife. If you could just smell me, you'll smell the alcohol that I was drinking last night. If you could just come in the car, you'd realize my kids hate me. If you could just come in the car, you'd realize that we may be in a car, but we're not a family in a car. You may be sitting in the car saying, hey, I'm a young man, and my mom and dad think I'm following Christ, but I'm really not. You may be sitting in your car saying, Pastor Chris, don't get me wrong, I'm in a church parking lot, and I've gone to church my whole life, but I've missed it, and you don't know what I'm carrying. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy, laden, heavy 
burden. Is there anybody out there, you got some heavy weights on your shoulders? Any parents that you don't know where your next meal is going to come from because your job got shut down. You don't know if you're going to be able to make your house payment. You don't know if you're going to be able to do it. You've got an immunity disorder and, and you're having struggles staying away from these things and you're heavy burdened. Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You know, my favorite part that I never really grabbed was the next part. It says, take my yoke upon me, on you and learn from me. That means some of you may be following Christ, but you don't know how to walk under the yoke of it. You may be understanding you serve the Prince of Peace, but you don't know how to claim peace for your household. You, don't, you serve the King of Healing, but you don't know how to claim healing. I'm telling you, Jesus does not want to just make you an heir. He doesn't want to just bring you to the table. Once you become families, He's going to have and teach you table lessons and table manners to sit at the family table. Some of you just got saved and say, this is good, but I don't know how to quote scripture like you. He's got to teach you to walk with that burden. He's got to teach you to walk with that yoke because it's light and it's good. A healthy marriage still needs work. Following Christ still needs work. Leading my family as a, as a covenant husband still takes work. Just because you get saved doesn't mean you've made it. You've got to learn to carry that yoke. So some of you say, Pastor Chris, I'm saved, but by the skin of my teeth. Oh, do you feel that? You feel that fresh breath? You feel that fresh chance? Do you know that it's not Saturday no more? Do you know this is the resurrection day? Do you know that the day before this, the disciples were weeping because their Savior was dead? But oh, on this day, he showed them, touch my hands, touch my feet, touch my side, see that I'm living. I'm here to tell you that yes, it was dark yesterday, but the light is up today and joy comes in the morning and you can have fresh morning, fresh dew in your life, fresh life in your life, fresh peace. Does anybody need fresh peace in your life this morning? You ready for this? For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Does anybody need a gentle Jesus lately? Life's been beating you and you need a gentle Jesus. You need some peace. And you will find rest for your souls, for your mind, your will and emotions. I'm here to tell you that even though the situation around us may look bleak, Jesus comes to bring rest for your souls, for your weary minds, for your weary hearts. He comes to bring you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So do you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to keep up with social distancing, but I'm going to let you do something. If you need to follow Jesus and you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, or you haven't been following him, you're saying, I'm done running. I'm done hiding. I need that peace you're talking about. I need him to be my savior and my Lord. I want you to step out of your car. Don't walk up here, but just stand on the outside of your car. Is there anybody that you want to pray with me? And I'm going to pray with you where you're at. 
Don't get away from your car. Stay in your car. But is there anybody you've been missing it and you want to come back to Jesus? You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And maybe you've been missing it. And you're like, Pastor Chris, I prayed a prayer when I was little, but you can't tell by my life. Is there anybody out here that you want to pray with? And you may be watching right now in your living room, standing in your living room. Father, I pray right now. You said if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. We confess you as Savior and Lord right now. But Father, I pray for people that are heavy burdened in their cars right now. That maybe we forgot to pick up that easy yoke and burden. We've just been dragging ours. And Jesus is like, I promise mine is lighter. I feel like there's a lot of people here that you've been going through some stuff and some struggles. Your marriage has been having issues and your house has been having issues and you're having problems. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is not just the Jesus that frees you from your sin. He's the Savior that walks with you like a good shepherd and you're not alone. Lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. You're not alone. And even if you stand in the parking lot by yourself right now, I tell you, do you know what the Bible says about you? Do you know? That the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. That means that they can't be taken away. That means the call of God upon your life and the gifts upon your life cannot be taken away. Your worst deeds can't rob you from them. So I speak destiny over you right now. I'm so proud of you, young man. I'm so proud of you. We've said it before and I'm going to say it again. What the enemy thought would destroy the church to break the church apart only made us stronger because we get to see it ain't a building that makes us a body. It ain't a sound of music that makes us a body. It ain't whether we're in pews that make us a body. It's the fact that we are bought and adopted sons and daughters of God. That yes and amen. That if you take my life right now, I know where I'm going to be. That if I get another paycheck or if I don't, my God is the God that owns cattle on a thousand hills. That even if the world may come against me, I am a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my strength. And I will take that yoke and learn what it is to be a son and daughter of God. So as you leave today, I don't leave you today with just saying that was a good sermon. I challenge you to look at the sign we have at the door that says you are now entering your mission field. If we know that the world is not promised to last another week, I'm going to tell you, are you going to carry the gospel or are they going to have to wait for another parking lot church to bring it? Are you going to share Jesus or are they going to have to wait? Pastor Chris, I'm not a pastor. You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be you. You don't have to walk under my anointing because that would rob the world of the anointing that God placed on your life. But Pastor Chris, I don't have a system up here. You got people around you that need it. So open your eyes and see 
that there's a mission field that needs Jesus Christ. 